Welcome to On the Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood. On behalf of my furniture family at Klausner Home Furnishings, I'd like to welcome you to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. If you're in the business and you want to know the stories and people behind the latest news in home furnishings, you've come to the right place. Let's listen in and hear what Bill and his guests are talking about today. Welcome to the On the Record podcast. I'm Bill McLaughlin. My guest this week is Drake Leonard, Director of Operations for Prominence Furniture. And uh, the reason that we invited Drake on is Prominence is a a unique company, um, has been around in one form or another since the late 1980s, um, but is now undertaking some new initiatives. And we're going to talk both about uh, Drake's own history in the furniture business, which is uh, multi-generational, and also a little bit about um, the chance the company has to swim with the sharks. So we're not going to tell folks right away what that is, Drake. Well, let's, let's just start. Tell folks a little bit about who Prominence Furniture is. Yeah, so uh, like you mentioned, Bill, and thanks again for allowing me to uh, to join you on the podcast. Um, like you mentioned, the the company's been around in some in some uh, form or another since the late '80s. Um, our our founder and president Scotty Hill started started the company um, in the late '80s. It was a very small sole proprietorship that he just did. Uh, you know, a few jobs. It was is himself and a couple other folks um, just you know doing uh, you know any job he could find, whether it be reupholstery or or new product. Um, and kind of really built a good business uh, in this area in, in the late 80s. And then he decided to move the company out uh, to Aspen, Colorado uh, in the in the mid 90s and spent about uh, it's been about, uh, let's see, about 10 years out there. Um, and then he decided to come back, uh, come back home to this area uh, in the mid 2000s. So 2006, he incorporated Prominence Furniture and we've been here ever since. So we are essentially at this point a private label manufacturer. We manufacture for uh, several design firms around the country, spanning from New York to Los Angeles and everywhere in between. Uh, We are a manufacturer of super high-end furniture. So our clients include uh, past presidents, uh, movie stars, uh, you know, et cetera. And um, we, we really feel like we've, we're, we're in a, a venue and we have a, a touch for that super high end clientele and, and that super high end product that you don't see a lot of these days. And everything that we do is, is domestically manufactured. Uh, we have actually manufactured, we've actually one of the few companies I've ever heard of, uh, especially this day and time that's manufactured furniture right here in Thomasville, North Carolina, and actually exported that furniture into uh, Europe and Asia. So, um, you know, we, we've sent furniture all over the world. So um, just wanted to, to reach out to you and, and, and try to get, you know, a little bit more of our story out there. So uh, in hopes that, that we could connect with, with uh, you know, some more folks on the, the sales and marketing side of, of the industry and, and see what we could, um, you know, strike up from that side. So you, you've manufactured furniture for presidents. You probably could tell me, but then you'd have to kill me, right? Um, a little, a little something like that. So, all right. Um, I want to go back when, when we first talked about this, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is, um, the concept of the company changed when Scotty went out to Aspen. He had some experiences out there. Um, he learned some things about the luxury market. Can you share with folks, you know, what that learning was and how that helped the company be where it is today? 
Yeah. So he he learned in the luxury market that, that there is a, there is a super high end market and people are willing to pay for um, you know, that piece of furniture that is going to last, you, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 years at this point, you know, you, you had all the, the mid-century furniture back in, you know, back in the mid 1900s and, and it was built to last very heavy, solid furniture. Then you saw a transition, you know, moving towards the millenn- the new millennium where uh, furniture was, was di- you know, viewed as a more disposable item. So what Scotty learned going out there is that people are are willing to pay and, and willing to accept the fact that the, the cost of what it takes to make this high-end furniture and what it and, and all that goes into it. And they were able to recognize the quality. And that's what he really prides himself on is being able to build the hardest stuff on the planet, as he calls it. You know, we've we've had uh, employees from other very large furniture companies, very high-end furniture companies from um, you know, around this area that have come in and worked with us kind of in the back half of their career. One and one individual in particular um he was an upholsterer and an outsider um, for a very respectable high-end furniture company in this, you know, in this area. And, and he he came to work for us and said, "Oh, I can I can do anything. I can I can upholster the hardest stuff in the world." And then, you know, he worked for us for a few months and he looked at Scotty and he said. I'm going to tell you what, this is the hardest furniture I've ever built in my life. So, and, and what Scott and Scotty really prides himself in being able to, to pull that off essentially. And, and, um, you know, he, he really likes that high end market and really, and, and really that's where we really shine is, is and that's where we really, you know, set apart from our competition is, is we're able to kind of take on those projects that, that other companies feel like they can't make money at, or it's too difficult and that sort of thing. And we're able to take that and run with it. And Scotty's got a, a knack for for looking at something and figuring figuring out the best way and most efficient way to manufacture it. Um, so that's that's really where his his passion is is in that high end. So what is it that makes a particular piece really really difficult? I mean, is it the silhouette? Is it the way that it the form fits the you know the the fabric fits the frame? What what is it that that makes this so difficult? Um, just so that I understand. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's it's a combination of what you mentioned. It is the silhouette, it's the way the fabric fits the frame. You know, we're we're doing a lot of mid-century modern designs with our with our um, designer, uh, you know, stable that we work with, with the different companies that we work with. You know, um, so it's it, there's a lot of. Uh, you know, and a lot of finished wood products as well. You know, I think I, I, I shared with you, um, you know, some of the design firms that we work with and, you know, you can go to their website and see the stuff that, that we do as far as finished wood goes and a lot of very petite legs and, and just very intricate carvings and, you know, the, the woodworking skill is, is, is a part of it as well to go along with the upholstery. But, and then, and then on the flip side of that, just never knowing, you know, working with this, with the the designers that we do, um, obviously they, when they send in their fabrics or their COM, they're very expensive fabrics and you're never, you never know, you know, what fabric you're going to be able to, what fabric is going to come in that's going to go on a certain piece. So, you know, we're always trying to to figure out, and, and it's a surprise to us until the fabric gets here, and and, and we're like, okay, this fabric's supposed to go on this piece of furniture. Well, that's going to be pretty difficult, but but we think we can make it happen. So I think that's part of it is never really fully understanding what you're getting into until you're already into it. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of companies, uh, particularly in uh, 
in the, the domestic furniture industry and actually even even overseas have really been impacted by um, the COVID-19 virus and having to shut sure. down. How's that impacted your operations? Uh, it's It's had a little bit of an impact just from the standpoint of we haven't been able to get the resources and supplies like we um, like we are used to. As far as us operationally, we really haven't missed a beat. We've been fortunate enough to, we've, we were uh, granted permission by the North Carolina Department of Revenue to continue working. Um, we, we fall under, uh, you know, we, we meet all social distancing requirements. Being a small company, we've got three separate facilities on our campus um, and no more than seven or eight people in each facility. So we were able to meet all social distance requirements from that standpoint, but also we, we supply a customer um, in our in our finishing portion of our business. We supply a customer that um, is uh, supplying hospitals and uh, medical clinics and that sort of thing. So uh, there's a clause in there that if you're a supply chain to a, a entity that is supplying a hospital or or a uh, medical environment, that sort of thing, then you're able to continue working. So we 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 fell under uh, the umbrella. Uh, a couple of different ways there. Um, but the biggest part, like I said, of, of us, our struggles during this whole time has, has been the availability of, of components and supplies for us to keep going. So there's there's been certain projects where we've had to kind of put on pause and then pick up, you know, a project that, that we had slated for the future, you know, later this summer. But, you know, we're just trying to juggle it all and, and keep folks uh, moving and keep folks as busy as possible. So you're the director of operations. I'm guessing that challenge falls to you. What kind of adjustments do you make? How do you deal with that? Yeah, yeah. It, it just takes a little bit more planning. You know, it takes a little bit more uh, foresight looking down the road and saying, OK, I know that X supplier is going to be open opening up in, you know, a couple of weeks. So, you know, we, we can get so far on, on, on this project and then we'll have to set it aside and let's start on another project. So, um, you know, it, I'm sure it'll get a little bit more. It's a little it's a little easier right now than I think it, it will be, you know, move, at, you know, as we you know, make steps getting back to normal, so to speak, as far as, you know, when when the state opens back up and everybody kind of gets back to work and and things return to, you know, semi, you know, normal operation. I think it's gonna be increasingly more difficult on myself in order to to keep things organized and and to keep things kind of flowing the way they need to flow and, and just also so we don't overwhelm ourselves. You know, I think um I think something I think what we're gonna see um, coming out of this, especially in our arena, because like I said, we, we really, you know, play in that ultra high end market where, um, you know, most of our clients aren't going to be as financially impacted by this whole scenario as maybe, you know, some others are. So I think what we're going to see coming out of this is, is going to be a, a kind of a, a rush to the finish line, so to speak, as far as, uh, well, you know, my client really wants this wants this order done and I've got, you, you know, I've got 10 or, or, you know, 12 projects ahead of it. Um, but so it, it, it's going to get a little difficult, I think, later in the summer and in early fall when when things start to, to crank back up, um, especially for myself, trying to just, you know, stay in front of everything. Well, that was something, wasn't it? Nothing like getting the inside story from the experts. Speaking of experts, nobody knows more about comfort, quality, and value than Klausner, the leading solutions provider to the home furnishings industry, and where you'll find my latest furniture collection, City Limits. Now let's get back to more industry news from Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. 
tell me about um, what the challenges are when you work with a design client and uh, or through a designer with a high-end client. When I think about the higher velocity segments of the furniture business, um, price is always a, a very f- big factor, right? The price-value relationship, um, speed to market is has become very, very important in the age of the internet. There's, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. certain things that are unique to serving a retail audience. What are mm-hmm. some of the things that are unique to serving um, that really high-end design client? Um, they, I think one of the things is, is trying to interpret exactly what they want. You know, in, in some cases, we're trying to recreate a piece that they've had, you know, in their house. And they say, oh, I love the way it sits. You know, I just want it to sit just as comfortable as this piece. And without them, you know, sending the, the sofa to us, which obviously isn't, isn't, you know, 100% feasible all the time. Um, I think, I think interpreting exactly what they want without having really anything to go by previously is, is one of the, um, is one of the biggest challenges we face because obviously, you know, these, these designers are working with, you know, new clients all the time and, you know, we, we may have not worked with this particular client in the past. So, you know, trying to understand, and also we're relying on the designer to, you know, we don't have that direct connection with the end, with the end client, with the end user. So we're relying on the designer to accurately interpret what they're wanting and what they're, you know, what they're hoping to see out of a piece of furniture and explain that to us. And then it's our job to to make it come to life. So that's that's one of the biggest challenges, um, I would say, in playing in the ultra high market. The other challenge is you know when when you're when you're dealing with some with, with certain clients, they think they, you know, just because they're they're you know, pushing uh, a bunch of funds towards a certain project that it should happen in two to three weeks, or <laughs> they've got unreal, unrealistic expectations as far as timelines go. And, and they, they have, you know, so we have to make them understand that, Hey, you know, this is the, you know, we're, we're essentially creating this piece from scratch or, you know, we're, we're having to make all these adjustments because while we have, you know, inline running products with most of our design uh, designer clients, they always want to change this or change that, make it a little bit wider here, make it a little bit shorter here, make it a little bit deeper there. So there's, it's it's a it's it's just a constant change, and and you're we constantly have to figure that out. So um, in order to remain you know efficient and kind of move on the fly, is it can can be a little difficult at times as well. So you're not you you actually you don't build to inventory. Everything is essentially custom, right? So you don't start until you have a, a particular piece. It's not like you know, there's there's back stock or people are buying from or or are they to what extent uh, I should ask, do you build to inventory? Um, no, uh, I would say as far as, you know, we, we may have, you know, a back stock of a few pieces here and there and that but that's just a result of we get started on project and and all of a sudden the the client cancels the order and so we've got you know four chair frames here and there of a certain style that we you know that we can pull back from and also with with some of the uh with some of the carved pieces that we do as far as woodworking goes uh you know we can kind of build up a little bit of stock on our parts and pieces for our frames as far as the, the carving goes because you have to have you know when you're running when you're you know uh, running a carving machine you have to have 24 um, pieces in a carving machine to do a full run. So if I'm, if I've got an order for 10 chairs, well, I've got to do, you know, 24 front legs, 24 
24 front left legs, 24 front right legs, and same thing for the for the back legs. So you build up a little bit of an inventory that way. And then also with, with parts and pieces and components like cushions or a foam rubber that goes into certain pieces. But um, as far as just, you know, completed pieces sitting on the floor ready to go out the door, no, we, we don't build up any inventory. Everything is is made to order, essentially. Hmm. Um, in in some segments of the business, as it's gotten more technologically sophisticated, there's 3D modeling, CAD drawings, those kinds of things. Um, do you get a lot of that, or is it more likely that you get a sketch on a napkin? And I'm you know I'm picking the two extremes there. Just um, sure. Um, we we do get a fair amount of of CAD drawings and 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 really detailed uh, a lot of, a lot of customers use SketchUp uh, so we we do get a fair amount of of detailed drawings in that in that aspect but sometimes we'll we will get a picture and some dimensions and and they'll say can you just make this for us <laughs> so um, sure there, wave your magic there's wand. a little bit of both going on what's that I said wave your magic wand yeah exactly exactly. Um, so one of the things that I found really interesting, and, and this is why I was talking about swimming with the sharks, um, is when, when you reached out and, uh, and contacted us, you are now trying, as I understand, as you said, to get on the mm -hmm. show Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. Um, what is that like? What is the process of trying to get in front and why would anybody volunteer for that? <laughs> um, yeah. It's like having Absolutely. somebody, you know, crawl up inside your psyche and, and tear apart your life's work, but it's very brave of you. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I guess I guess I'll start that to answer that question by explaining the, the product that we are um, proposing to the Shark Tank, I guess would be the, the yeah, best way to go about that. Um, so basically, we have a United States utility patent on a sleeper sofa design that uh, Scotty himself designed and, uh, you know, obviously applied for the patent and, and received the uh, and was granted the patent on. Um, and essentially, it's it's a utility patent. So it's it's all the inner workings of the sleeper sofa and how it connects together and how it breaks down. Uh, essentially, it is a uh, four part sleeper sofa. So your your arms are, uh, can be removed and then the back is removed. The mechanism, the actual sleeper mechanism is attached to the base of the sofa. So that's, uh, that's it here. So that's one piece and you've got two arms and a back. So there's your four pieces. And then of course, all your cushions. Um, the, the, reason behind Scotty doing that is, as I mentioned, when he was out in Aspen, Colorado, and he was doing some high-end uh, hotels and resorts, uh, he did a, a, a high-end Marriott in Anchorage, Alaska, um, also did one in Hawaii, several out in Colorado, several in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, all the above. While he, while he was out there, he, he through working with all these high-end resorts and hotels, he found that there was a need for a comfortable sleeper sofa. You know, you think of if you're going to a hotel or to a friend's house or to uh, Airbnb these days, and this has a sleeper sofa, you kind of cringe like, oh, man, I don't really want to sleep on a sleeper sofa. Um, and, and, you know, Scotty recognized that there were there wasn't really a, a market out there for a you know a comfortable both sitting and sleeping sleeper sofa um so what he did is he created what we call the easy sleep sofa and like i said he received the united states utility patent on it um and and you know long story short to this day 
he hasn't really been able to um he hasn't really been able to to see that that product lift off the ground um you know we've we've done um We've we've placed quite a few in in the Marco Ocean Beach Resort down in Marco Island, Florida. Uh, we've also placed a few in in some other smaller uh, projects, and we've also you know sold a few to friends and family here, and just kind of you know through word of mouth and oh man, that's really neat. So um, we decided when when I came on board here at Prominence, I said you know he he talked about if I could get that thing on the shark tank, that may be something they'd be interested in. So uh, one day I took it upon myself and just went online and filled out the application and, you know, sent the information in and um, didn't hear anything back and for the longest time. And then uh, I guess it's been about a month ago that uh, Scotty got a phone call one, uh, one evening and actually ignored the call because he thought it was a, uh, he thought it was, was one of those spam calls, you know, trying to lower his credit card rate or sell him extra, uh, a warranty coverage on his, on his car. But, uh, the, the lady left a, a voicemail and he came in the next day and he said, check this out. He said, I don't think this is legit, but I wanted you to listen to it. And I listened to it and I looked at him. And I said, Scotty, this is Shark Tank. He said, well, how'd they get my number? I said, well, I filled out the application. That's how they got your number. So, so you know, long story short, um, we uh, we talked to the to the lady uh, that's in charge of casting uh, for a good 45 minutes in the hour. And she went through the, the initial, quote unquote, interview process and uh, deemed us eligible to go to the next level, which is where we're at now. And um, so what we're doing now is we're tr- we're in the process of creating a an audition video five to 10 minute video explaining our product, explaining why we want to go, you know, talk to the sharks and explaining, um, you know, what, what we'll be asking for in, in, in return for this percentage of the business. If you've seen the show, I guess you kind of know how the, the process works there. Um, and uh, we also have to fill out, you know, a very intensive application. Like you said, they're, they're pretty intrusive as far as your business goes and, and your personal life. So we're, we're in the process of doing all that right now, but that's essentially the, the final stage of signing off on uh, being able to, to be cast onto the show. So that's, that's the stage we're in right now. So it's still not a definite if we're actually going to get to the show or not, but um, we're in the, the final stage before casting. So, um, and, and the motivation behind that again was just trying to, to, to uh, you know, chum up for, you know, that was probably a bad pun there, but chum up some interest for, uh, around the sleeper sofa and and trying to to generate some sales and marketing uh you know interest in in our sleeper sofa design because that's an area of the business that that scotty has really never really pushed that hard you know he's like i said we've always been a private label manufacturer and have always worked uh you know word of mouth and referrals between design client to design client to design client so um Doing something and actually getting our a company-owned product out out in the environment is not something that that we've ever really done in the past. You know, with the with the exception of the Marco Island Beach Resort and you know a few other projects that I mentioned previously. Uh, so that that was kind of the motivation, and that's kind of what we're what we're looking for is you know to to go into Shark Tank. It would, everything would be um, essentially the the money that that we'd be asking for would be, would be used to go towards uh, maybe a little bit of uh, infrastructure as far as our our facilities go here, but then also a lot of efforts would be put into sales and marketing. 
to try to build the word and awareness of the easy sleep sofa. Tell me a little bit about why, what was the motivation to create something in four pieces? Was the idea to make that more easily shippable? Because it strikes me as you described the product, and this is one of the things I found fascinating. Um, everything today that can be sold on the internet and made UPSable, made FedExable, mm-hmm. um, seems to be of heightened interest. That that segment of the market, I think, for example, of um, boxed beds, right? You've seen these mattresses in a box. That that segment has just exploded because you take something that's typically difficult to move, and you turn it into something that can, anybody can order and have dropped on their doorstep. Um, we've seen a number of companies in the furniture business over the last year or two figure out how to do um, KD chairs, KD sofas. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know that, and I, this could be my own ignorance, I don't think that I've seen a KD sleeper sofa. So w- was that part of the motivation for this? I think I, I think initially, um, yeah, that, that yes, that was part of the motivation for it. Not necessarily, I, I don't think, and Scott, because you know, Scotty started working on this and, and applying for this patent, you know, four or five years ago. So, you know, the companies that you're talking about doing the, the, the KD sofas and, and, you know, things of that nature, they were probably just starting to really kind of get into their groove as far. So that idea wasn't as prevalent back then as it is now. So I'm not sure that was the the forefront of his thought, but um, uh, the, part of the, the big motivation behind it was the transportation of it, wh- whether it be being able to ship it or just being able to install it. Uh, like, you know, as you know, sleeper sofas are just heavy by design. You know, you've got, you've got a very heavy metal mechanism with usually with a, you know, some sort of mattress on there that isn't, you know, the lightest thing in the world either. And then you've got the wooden frame and, and everything, um, you know, all the above. So try making that, making it as easily transportable as possible, I think was, was a big motivation. And, and obviously being able to fit it into tight spaces. Um, if you've ever tried to to move a sofa or a piece of furniture, say if you've got an older home or, you know, just through a tight doorway, you know, it can just be a nightmare and almost impossible in certain cases. So I think one, the weight factor of, of being able to, you know, more easily transport a sleeper sofa. And then two, the the ease of just being able to slide it through the door. And 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 this thing, when, when I say it, it, it comes apart and goes back together, there's no tools involved. There's no hardware involved. Um, and, and it can be set up and broken down in a matter of three to five minutes with, with two people. I mean, it, it's that simple. I, I suspect that's going to be part of your video. Yes, absolutely. That's going to be, that's going to be the focal point of the video. Well, you and Scotty better practice that before you get in front of the sharks. Nothing worse than getting on TV and, uh, oh, having an assembly problem. Oh, I know. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's 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 one that's one thing we're doing is, uh, you know, in preparation for all this, we we've got a few floor samples here that, that we keep around, um, you know, in, in case someone comes in and, and wants to wants us to build them one. You know, we can kind of show them the, the different arm styles that we offer and the different back styles that we offer. And that's also the beauty of this of this product is it's it's the utility patent allows us to style this this product any way we want it any way we want so we can go from a chair and a half with a twin uh or you know cot size sleeper uh unit all the way up to a a 60 inch queen mattress so and then we can also vary like i said the arm styles um and and then the the back styles whether you want loose cushions or a tight back and and things like that so 
but that's been part of our discussion is what style do we want to use? What fabric do we want to use? And, you know, all the above. So have you also had discussions about um, approaching other large furniture manufacturers or possibly licensing the technology? Is that something that's become part of the discussion at any point? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we've, we've actually had uh, a couple of phone calls recently and a couple of meetings recently discussing those things. Um, and, you know, b- because we understand that we, we we need to make something happen with this product. And if it's not going to be, you know, at this point, you know, it's, it's not feasible for for either Scotty or myself to get out on the road and, and you know, beat doors down. You know, we're we're here. You know, I'm I'm trying to you know be the operational part of the business, and Scotty's more on the technical side of the business. So we we understand that we're going to have to have a partner um, in, in this as far as the sales and marketing goes to to really take this thing and and to the next level and to maximize the full potential of it. Well, it looks like there's uh, some some real opportunity there. I'm I'm curious when you had the phone call with the folks from Shark Tank, and I don't know if you have to sign a non disclosure, and if you do, just say that. But can you share any of the kinds of things that that they asked you? Um. Yeah. It was. You know. So it was just really just basic general um, kind of get to know you questions to start off. You know. You know. When was the business founded? You know. What was your motivation? Kind of. Kind of a lot of. The, one of the similar questions that you've asked, to be honest with you, um, you know, what was your motivation behind creating the product? Uh, when, you know, how long have you had the patent? Um, so it, it, it really, it really was, was more a kind of a, a get to know you and, and get to know your product type thing. You know, there, there wasn't, there weren't really a lot of intrusive type questions that, you know, well, well, tell me how it breaks down and tell me, you, you know, they, it was, it was more high level. And I think it was um, just them filling us out and, trying to understand if we actually had a product that, that may be suitable for their show. I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to tell you this, but I'm actually a secret Shark Tank interviewer. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I, I'm, I'm a step ahead then. There you go. You've already done your homework. You're already, uh, you're already done. Well, you know, I hope you'll keep us um, up to date as you go through the process. I'd, I'd love to kind of follow the story and, um, see how it goes. And let me ask if somebody is listening to the, this podcast and they say, wow, that sounds like a really interesting mechanism. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds like a really interesting concept. We want to talk to those guys. Sure. Um, how would somebody who wants to follow up and, and have a discussion with you about possibly, um, you know, following up on the, on the easy sleep sofa with, with the patent, how would they get yeah, in touch I, with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our website is prominence-furniture.com and prominence is P-R-O-M-I-N-E-N-C-E-furniture.com, as I said. And my email is just drake, D-R-A-K-E, at prominence-furniture.com. So that, that'd be the best way. Just check out our website. I think there's a our, our phone number and all that good stuff should be there. And then um, that's my personal email. So that, that'd be the best way. Well, very good. And I look forward to following uh, you guys and the product on Shark Tank. Hopefully, I'll, I'll get to see you one night when I'm flipping around. Points say, hey, honey, look, I know those guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we're, we're excited. We hope it goes well. Yeah, like I said, we're, it's still uh, somewhat of a long shot to be actually cast on the show, but it's encouraging to know that we've gotten this far in the process. Well, I wish you the best of luck with the product and, and look forward to hearing the next chapter in your story. Uh, my guest this week has been has been Drake Leonard from Prominence Furniture. Um, and this has been On the Record. Thank you for joining us.